This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning everyone. Parshas Toldois. We have uh, an extraordinary uh, topic to discuss this morning, uh, which is uh, based on the parasha. Um, and the name of uh, this morning's share is the 10 Steps to Successful Child Rearing. Okay, so what does that have to do with Parshas Toldois? Um, so we begin immediately with the uh, Pesukim in the Chumash. So you ask, what do you mean the Ten Commandments of Raising Children? That's, uh, could you even say something like that? Are you allowed to do something like that? We only have uh, one Ten Commandments, huh? Well, I, I remember uh, Rabbi Victor Miller said, Sak Levracha has this famous uh, shir, the Ten Commandments of Marriage. Luchais Rishainais, Luchais Shniais. So uh, from there we learn to, to uh, package a shir in a more interesting way, you're allowed to do such a thing. So we're going to call today the Ten Commandments of Raising Children. And we begin... No, these are commandments. Okay? So the, the Psukim say... So Yitzchak um, asks, asks Esav to bring him um, his matamim asher ahev, to bring him his favorite dish. And uh, he says, if you bring me my favorite dish, you bring me some basar, some spare ribs... I will give you a bracha. So suddenly, almost instantaneously, his son returns. What happened? How did you come back so fast? And he said, of course, this is Yaakov disguised as Esav. God Almighty has given me success, has happened for me that I was able to come back quickly. Please come close and I'll feel you. Are you Esav or not? Yaakov approaches Yitzchak. Yitzchak feels him. And Yitzchak says the famous words. And very interestingly, Rashi points out that there are two discrepancies that Yitzchak picked up on in the way that Yaakov was speaking as opposed to Esav. So first of all, why does Yitzchak say, let me feel if you're Esav? Yitzchak never said to Esav, when in any of the previous times that Esav came, let me feel if it's really you. So Rashi says, It's unusual that my son Esav should be referencing, should be invoking the name of Hashem. Like the Pasuk says, Ki hikra Hashem so that threw Yitzchak off. Esav doesn't usually uh, invoke the name of Hashem. So he said, let me see for myself. And then Rashi says another difference in the way that Yaakov spoke. Yaakov said the words, Gesha na va'amushcha. Says Rashi, number three, Pasuk Chafbez, Koyal Yaakov. Shemedaber b'loshon tachnunim. Yaakov Avinu is speaking supplicative. Kumna, please get up. Esav spoke in a very uh, argumentative way. Get up! So Yaakov said, please. Esav never said, please. Okay. So we already know this is something we're familiar with, that there, are, there were two differences in the way that Yaakov spoke as opposed to the way that Yitzchak spoke. Yaakov invoked the name of Hashem. And number two, Yaakov said, please. However, if you look even more carefully, you'll notice there is a third difference between the way Yaakov spoke and the way that Esav spoke. And, 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 uh, okay, um, Yaakov, uh, Kumna, excuse me, Kumna. He said Kumna, thank you. Kumna. 
there's a third way, third difference between the way that Yaakov and Esav spoke. And in a way, it seems that Esav was more of a Balder Acheres than Yaakov. Very nice, Yaakov said Hashem's name. Very nice, Yaakov said please. But if you look carefully, look at the way that Yaakov asks um, Yitzchak to get up. Vayoymer Yaakov alaviv. Anoichi Esav Number four on the sheet. Kum na! Get up! Is this first person, second person, or third person? Kum na! Second person. He's saying, you get up. Kum na! Get up! He doesn't say, will the tata get up? Will the, will the daddy get up? Will the father get up? He speaks to him, second person. Kum na! Get up! Get up! Look at the way Esav speaks. Number five. Esav also made matamim. He brought to his father. Will the father get up? Will the tata get up? So Esav speaks to his father, third person. Yaakov speaks to his father, second person. It would seem like Esav is a much bigger Baal Derecharetz than Yaakov. Like, let's say you're talking to the rabbi. You don't say... Rabbi, will you, will you stop it already? You say, Rabbi, will the rabbi stop it already? <laughs> right? When you, when you talk to a rabbi, a rub, you say, will the rub, will the rabbi, will the rosh Shiva? you speak to him third person. You don't say you. So Yaakov says to his father, you. And Esav says, the tata. So I saw an unbelievable thing, an amazing thing. It's first in the Sefer Tairas MS of Rav Nassan Adler, the rabbi of the Chassam Sefer. Says Rav Nassan Adler, the Rebbe, the Chassam Soifer, Goyim speak to their father in third person. Will the father? Jews do not speak to their parent in third person. Jews speak to their parent second person. You! Wow. Really? That's what he says? He says, Kain komna, Kain diber ima Yaakov, Kedarech shebnei Yisrael, Medabrim elavisei meyaz. Yaakov spoke to his father in the way Jewish people traditionally refer to their parent, second person. Esav spoke to his father, third person. In the way Goyim speak. What? Why is that? Why do Yidin speak to their parents, second person, and Goyim speak to their parent, third person? Says the Chsam Soifer. Let me explain to you the words of my Rebbe. Look at number seven. Umaran on the fifth line. Umaran Hagoyin Zatzal Hisber. My Rebbe explained. Delashoy Noichach Moira Kervos. The Chsam Soifer explained that when you speak to someone second person, that denotes closeness, vidibok, and attachment. Kemoy. When we talk to Hashem, we don't say Wuzo Hashem. We don't say, will the God, Baruch Atah. Second person. It's not Derecheretz. No, no, it's not Derecheretz. We are so clinging to Hashem. We're so attached to Hashem. Our connection to Hashem is so strong that we don't talk to Hashem in third person. We talk to Hashem. You! Therefore, Jews, listen to this. All Jews are connect, connected like one goof, like one body. We're all, call you so nefesh achas. 
And all the more so a father and a son. In Judaism, there's a a deep-rooted connection between a parent and a child. There's a concept, bra karo de'avua. What does bra karo de'avua mean? That a child is the leg, the extension of the father. When a child does a mitzvah, it accrues to the father. When a child learns, it accrues to the father. When a child has a zuchutz, it accrues to the parent. Why is that? Because we're so intertwined, we're so connected. Just like we're davok Bashem, we're davok to each other. Therefore, we do not refer to a parent in third person. We refer to a parent in second person. Now, I'm not saying you should say you, but it's also you don't say the father, the tata. No, tata. So that's what the Chassam Sofer writes. Why is that? He says, but, but by Goyim, there's a disconnect. There's no lineage. You don't even know who your father is. Confused. Who's the father? Who's the tata? Who, who knows? And even if you know who the father is, there's no lineage. There's no yichos. Asher zirmasusim zirmasam. There's no connection between a father and a child. The, the father is just the person who happens to have to pay the bills. But there's no inherent connection. So therefore, Esav serves many gods. The son serves one god. The father serves another god. Esav refers to Yitzchak. What? Yakum Third person. But Yaakov Avinu, kum na. So now we're learning a very important dimension of parenting and understanding the role of a parent. And the first thing is, what Reb Nassim Adler is teaching us, what the Chassam Sofer is teaching us, is that there's a certain korva and closeness that a parent has with a child. And let's develop this a little further. So let's take a look at number eight. There's a pasuk in Parshas Re'e. Ki yesischa achicha. It's talking about the, the, the parsha of the Mesus of Mediach. Someone seduces another person to serve Avedah Zara. It says, Ki yesischa achicha. If your brother seduces you, Beni Mecha, the son of your mother, Aybincha, or your son, Aybidcha, or your daughter, Aybishas Chaykech, or your wife, Aybreacha Asher Kenavshecha, or the friend of your soul, your soul friend. Interesting. So it's talking about your brother, it's talking about your mother, Talking about your son, talking about your daughter, talking about your wife, and then your soul friend. That's really your who's wife. your soul friend? Your wife. That's really your wife. Says Rashi, who's who's reacha kenavshecha? Who's your best friend? Ze avicha, your father. Your father. Interesting. That's how you refer to a father. I thought the job of a father was don't do that, don't do that, do it this way. I don't like what you're doing. Sit up, say please, say thank you, tuck yourself in. Wipe your mouth, put a napkin on it. No. The definition of a father is your soul friend, your best friend. Yeah, but, but doesn't the Gemara say a father has to teach his kid Taira, and a father has to give a kid a Mila, and a father has to ben and teach a trade? Those are details of the job. But if you want to know job description, definition, definition of father is not Moira Derech, is not Rebbe, is Re'acha Asher Kenafshecha, your best friend. That's the definition of a father and son. Say, Rabbi, that's, that's very novel. You have more evidence than that. So take a look. Parshas Vayigash. Riata. When uh, Yosef realized, when the brothers uh, are finally let known that this king of Egypt is their brother, the Pasuk says, Yosef says, don't worry. Don't, don't sweat it. 
You didn't send me here. I don't bear a grudge. It's God. Hashem made me a father to Paroi. Interesting. This is one time in Chumash where it uses the name Av. So if you want to know what is an Av, you have to look at this Pasuk. What does Yosef mean? Hashem made him Paro's father. Yosef's Paro's father? Paro's an Egyptian. He has one of those, you know, triangular Egyptian beards with the mustache and the, the, the sandals with the straps. And Yosef's a Yid. How's Yosef his father? Says Rashi, you want to know what father means? Number one, Lichover, a friend. Ulefatroin, and a supporter. Says Rav Shimon Schwab, in his uh, Nimukim at the end of Parshas Vayigash, he quotes Rashi. Says Rav Shimon Schwab, Kiloimar shel av al If you want to know, he this 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 uh, book has one definition of father, and this uh, social worker and this psychiatrist has a different de- definition of father. What is the Torah's definition of father? Says Rav Shimon Schwab. The definition of the father is to be the child's best friend. Where do we know this from? Like we quote in Parshas Rashi brings Zeavicha. So if you want to know, am I a good father? Am I a good father? All you have to do is ask yourself one question. Am I my kid's best friend? That's the definition. Then he continues. Va'oid mutal al ha'av. It also is in comment on the father. Leos hashoimer the hapatroin hachinem alavnoi to be the guardian, to be the supporter. These are the definitions of the av. All the other details and halachas you see in the Gemara are details of of the job, are chiyuvim of the job. But if you want to know definition of parent according to the Torah, definition is chaver. Definition is reyacha asher kenafshecha. Say, do we hold like this? This is halacha? Does this still apply? Maybe only in the olden days this applies, but I don't know, times are different. These is 2015, right? Do we still maintain this? I want to bring to your attention another pasuk and another Rashi. This is at the end of Ayetze, when they're making this deal with Lavan, Vayoimer Yaakov Le'echov. Yaakov tells his brothers, Lick to Avon and let's gather stones. Yaakov tells his brothers, first of all, Yaakov only had one brother. Second of all, I guarantee you he's not calling Esav. He's, he's about to face Esav. Esav's coming with 400 men. Yaakov's not calling Esav to help him rearrange stones. Who are Yaakov Avinu's brothers? Says Rashi Le'echov, Haim Banov. His brothers are his sons. Shahayuloi Achim Nigashim Elov His sons were his brothers that helped him in times of distress. Do you want to know what is a Ben? A Ben should be treated like an Ach, like a brother. Not, don't sit there, don't do that, I don't like this, I don't like that. Say this, say that. I told you not to. Wrong job. That's not a father. Father is an ach. Father is a chaver. Father is a patron. Says the chida. You ready for this chida? 
Lamadnu Sheyakov Avinu Alav Hashalom. There's the Chida in the Sefer Bris Olam. We learn from this pasuk that it says Yaakov called his brothers Lamadnu Sheyakov Avinu Alav Hashalom. Yamachshiv as Banov Keachiv. Yaakov treated his children like his brothers. Says the Chida that if Yaakov treated his children like his brothers, v'chein roi la'av sheyachshiv banov. Here's the key word: gedolim kiloem ha'achiv. You should treat your mature children, your adult children, like your brothers. In other words, we're not talking about three-year-old kids here. We're not talking about five-year-old kids. We're not talking about little children. We're talking about children who have reached of age. Exactly, kolechad v'yachad l'fi yonai. But at a certain point of time, when your banim are ban of gedolim, they should not be treated, don't treat them like children, treat them like your brothers. Uvazeh yiyu shkeitim v'shananim. Right, people say teenagers, very hard to deal with them, right? Teens. Chida says, you want to know the trick? The trick is, don't treat them like children. Treat them like your, your brothers. Says Chida, uvazeh yiyu shkeitim v'shananim. This way, your house will be peaceful. Says Chida, you want to know? You want a source for this? The source is a Sefer Chasidim. Sefer Chasidim says on the pasuk, How beautiful, how how pleasant it is when brothers sit together. Says the Sefer Chasidim, the gematria of Achim Gam is Banim. You know when it's nice. You know when things are peaceful at home. Don't tell your kid. Will you please get me the cup of water? How many times do I have to ask you? You speak to them like your brother. You speak to them like your friend. You're their patron. You're their protector. You're their, you're, you're not their instructor. That's not the job. Wrong job. The job of the father, be your kid's best friend. Of course, I'm not saying you don't teach. Very important to teach. Very important to instruct. Very important to teach Torah. These are all small details. You want to know what is the job? What is the definition of the job? Le'av, le'chaver. Someone once came to Rav Shach. Um, uh, there was a, a child in the yeshiva, a boy in the yeshiva, a bachar in the yeshiva, who was suffering tremendously from overbearing parents. And uh, the father said, look, it's my job. I got to train my kid. I have to... I got to put him on the right path. And uh, the Rashiva said, I, you know, maybe you don't have it right. Maybe we need to go to hear Das Torah. So they went to Rav Shach, And Rav Shach said an amazing thing. Rav Shach told the parent... He said, the Torah demands of the father and the mother a duality of roles. The parent really has two jobs. And the two jobs are somewhat of a dichotomy, somewhat of a steer of an AOB. On the one hand, the job of a father is what? Is, is Rachmanus, is mercy. However, but the Rebbe has a different role. The role of a Rebbe is Roik Maral Atalmidim! to scare the living daylights out of Talmidim. The Gemara says that any Talmud that does not sit before his Rebbe dripping sweat, the Gemara says is, is, uh, it's not a successful way to learn. So you have this, this dichotomy of on the one hand Karachim of Albanim and on the other hand the Gemara says Kol Talmud She'eno Yoshev Rabbi Ve'ein Svasav Noitfois Merirus You gotta be scared of the Rebbe. So if the parent has to do both jobs, he has to be karachim avabonim. And he has to be zroik maral atalidim. It's a difficult job to manage. Says Rav Shach, not anymore. Because that's all in the olden days. When the parent not only had to be a parent, the parent had to be a Rebbe as well. 
But there was a man by the name of Rabbi Shur ben Gamla. Rabbi Shur ben Gamla established the yeshiva system, which means you'd send your kid to the yeshiva, and the rabbeim take all over the role of teaching Torah. Says Rav Shach, Bizman Hazer, the parent only has one job, Kerachim of Albanim, to exude warmth and ava and to take care of the child. The job of Chinuch is Kemat, not on the parent anymore. That's what Rav Shach said. Again, when we deal with parenting, you need a very healthy dose of common sense. But, what Rav Shach said, the primary job of the parent, I'll read to you his words, he says, you give him what he needs, you prepare for him what he needs, the yeshiva will be mechanechem. The mashkiach will look over him. The mashkiach will reprimand him. The job of the father is, you're not telling me with enough kavana. I don't like your kavana. You're not having enough kavana. You're not learning enough. It's not the job of the parent. The job of the parent is ava rachamim. You're your kid's friend, you're your kid's patron. You're your kid's shaymer. So what? Where do you get this from? Rashi. Rashi was an Orthodox Jew. The Chida. Reb Okay, if you have better sources, you say no. This is, this is the Hashkafa Satira. The job of a parent by Yisimeni le'av le'paroi le'chover u'lepetron. That's the primary role of the parent. Okay. That is commandment number one. Be your kid's best friend. Okay? Number two. Number two. The Pasuk says like this. V'shinantam levanecha. Teach your children. But it doesn't say v'limadetem. It doesn't say teach them. It uses the word v'shinantam. V'shinantam is lashon shinon. Like a sword. You teach them sharply. Everybody wants to know, you know, it seems like I'm talking to every parent, every Rebbe, every Rabbi, every Rosh Hashiva. There's one thing everybody wants to know. How come nobody's listening to me? Nobody listens to me. I talk and I talk and it goes in one ear and right out the other. Nobody really is listening to me. I tell my kid something, he doesn't really listen. Why not? Says the Aushach, here's the rule. The rule is, wherever it comes from, that's where it goes. So for example, Friday night, you come, uh, you heard that at the table you have to read about the, the Chavetz Chaim on Lashon Hara. So you, you know, so you, you're, you're, do, you're uh, responsible. You pick up the Chavetz Chaim book. You know, your kid's looking at you. First, you don't even have it uh, right side up. Um, it says over here that it's a very good thing to speak Lashon Hara. I mean, it's a very bad thing to speak Lashon Hara. So the kid's looking at you. My parent, my father doesn't know what Lashon Hara is. He's giving me this rhetoric. He's just reading this Dvar sheet that it says, don't speak Lashon Hara. The father doesn't mean it. The father is saying words. He's repeating over what he heard in Shul. Wherever it's coming from, that's where it goes. If you don't really mean what you say, then the kid doesn't accept it. It doesn't work. Nobody's going to listen to it. If you're just repeating something you heard from somebody else, and it doesn't really mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to somebody else. Says the Al Shech HaKadosh. You know what the key is? You know what the key in getting your words listened to? Says the Al Shech, the key is, Number 19, the key is like this. Wherever words come from, that's where it will go. If your words are only on your mouth, then it will go onto the other person's earlobe, either bounce off or go right through his, to the other end of his head. 
But if your words emanate from your heart, you understand what Lashon Hara is. It means something to you. It's important to you. You have a feel for it. It's something that's significant to you. And you tell your kid, you know, Lashon Hara, it's really a wrong thing to do. It makes you feel disgusting. It, it puts someone down. It destroys your Kaya Chadibar. When the kid sees that it means something to you, says the Yashuk, you ready? You ready? When your words are on your heart, then it will go into your children like a dagger, like Shinon in a sharp way. But if you're just bringing home some parsha sheet that you picked up in Shul and you have no idea what you're talking about, don't even bother. Don't even bother. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it's definitely not going to mean anything to your children. The key is, if it's Alevavecha, only then, Vishinantam Levanecha. Okay. That is commandment number two. If you want to have an effect on your children, you better mean it. If you don't mean it, it won't do anything. Number three. There's an amazing chizkuni. An unbelievable chizkuni. We know that when the, when, uh, the avoidah, the concept of avoidah began, the system of avoidah, the methodology, the uh, format of avoidah is who did the avoidah? The b'chayrim, the firstborn. But it didn't work. Because of the chet ho'egel, they had to switch the system of Bechayr from the Bechayrim to the Levian. Okay. Says the Chizkuni in number 21 in Parshas B'Halai. So let me explain to you the, fa- the fundamental flaw in the original system. You know what the flaw was? You have a kid come home and the kid's a Bechayr. And he says to his parents, you know, today I learned in Yeshiva how to do the Avoidah, but I'm not getting it. I don't understand. It's too hard. It's too complicated. I don't know, maybe I'm not going to do it right. And you know what? The kid's not going to do it right. Why not? Because who said the father is a Bechar? The father could have been a middle child. He doesn't see his father doing it. So his father said, don't worry, I'll sit down and I'll learn with you. We'll learn the Mishnah Bura of Halchus Avoida. So the father spends an hour every night learning with the kid what to do, what to do, what to do. The kid still won't be able to do it. Why? Because nobody listens to what you say. They listen, but uh, people don't care what you say. They care what you do. And if the if the father is not a bechar and the father is not doing the avodah in the base of it's not going to go to the child. The father could spend an hour a night learning with the kid what to do, how to take the footsteps in the in the base of when to put down the 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 basin, when to pick it up, how to be matayer, how to go to the mikvah. But if bottom line, the end of the day, the father is not going to the mikvah, and the father is not doing the avodah, and the father is not playing the instruments in the base of the father could spend all the time in the world speaking and telling him. Do this, do this, do this, do this. But the kid hears, do this, and he doesn't see what to do, and he doesn't learn. So Hashem said, we have to change the system. What's the new system? The new system is Leviim. So that every Levi doesn't just hear from his father what to do. He sees from his father what to do. And when you see somebody doing something, you pick up much more by the process of osmosis than you do through formal instruction. Says the Cheskuni, this was the flaw with the original system, and this is why the Rebbeinu this is what the Rebbeinu was teaching us, that in order for something to get passed down to anybody, don't do what I say, do what I do. That's the way, that's the, way the system works. In fact, we really could have made another category out of this, but then 11 commandments wouldn't have sounded good. So this is going to be part of the third commandment. They once asked Rav Pam, how do you teach Derech Eretz to your children? 
You know, you want them to say please, you want them to say thank you, you want them to be polite. So should we have like courses at home, buy books for the parents and at the Shabbos table, the parent will read, whenever somebody, whenever you want to do something, please say please. Whenever somebody gives something to you, say thank you. You know, every time you pick up your kid, okay, say thank you, say thank you. But how do you teach Darachas to children? Says Rapam, don't tell them anything. Nothing, they don't listen. They're not going to listen. You can't teach children Darachas by telling them something. Says Rapam, let me tell you something about the way that I was brought up. Not only do children not pick up when you tell them something, they're not even watching how you treat other people. Children learn from how you treat them. Let's say you're the nicest guy in the shul. Whenever you come to shul, and shul look me, or excuse me, thank you, please. It's such a, you dive in so nicely for the Ahmad. That was such a beautiful lady. That was such a beautiful share. And you come home, and you're a tyrant. What? You left your toys all over the floor? You're all, what kind of behemoth are you? So what do the children learn? The children learn how to be... Tyrants. Tyrants. And how to speak without their hearts and how to treat people without without cover. They don't care how you treat other people. They care how you treat them. The way children learn, says Rapam, I learned from the way my mother conducted herself in the house. He, Rapam said like this. Friday, Friday night, my mother was dead tired. And she was worn out. But my mother, every time anybody would clear something off the table Friday night, my mother would say, thank you so much. What a tzaddik is all. What a tzaddik. It's so kind of you. Kind? You see the mother's falling off her feet. You owe it to her. No, no, no. She said his mother always spoke with the tremendous derecheretz to the children. Rapam um, says, Whenever my mother would ask the children anything of Shabbos, it was with tremendous kavod. Would you be so kind as to stop playing for a moment and help me clear up? Not stop playing already! It's Arab Shabbos, 30 minutes before Shabbos! What, what are we going to do? Are you going to make a mess 30 minutes before Shabbos? Rapam said his mother never spoke like that. She said, We never heard her yell. The only time she yelled is if someone was in danger, someone was in Makam Sakana. He says, Her word choice, her word usage, was the purest of the pure. Tahar Sheba Tahar. Says Rapam, if a child sees a parent act this way, not just to other people, to them, they will learn to speak Benachas. Says the same thing a Rebbe in a, in a classroom. You could have every Midois program in the world. You could have every Derech program in the world. The best, the best way to teach Talmud and Darcharetz is when a kid acts up, the Rebbe says, Yankala, would you mind, could you please um, change the way you're behaving? There's, says Rapam, that is the best way to give over Darcharetz to children. So again, if we would have to uh, categorize this commandment, it's children learn not from what you tell them, but from what you do. That's what the Chizkuni says. The system of the Bukhar system did not work because children did not have a parent to emulate. And Rapam is adding, yes, children are watching the way you act to other people, but even more than that, children are watching the way you act to them. And by the way, it's never too late. doesn't matter. It could be parent, a grandparent. Every, every Hanhaga, Toiva that we adopt, it makes a Roshem. 
whether it's now, um, tomorrow, in a year, every Hanhaga Taiva makes, uh, makes a Rishim. In fact, the Gemara says in Masech Sukkah, famous Gemara, and the last Gemara, Masech Sukkah, the Gemara says that there was a, a girl by the name of uh, uh, Miriam Bas Bilga, that she was Hemira, she went off the Derech, and because of her, she, she uh, married a certain uh, Roman soldier, one of the Greek soldiers, and when the Ivanum entered the Heichal, she went over to the Mizbeach, and she kicked the Mizbeach, and she said the following insult, Lucas, Lucas, wolf, wolf, for how long are you going to continue to deplete the money of the Jewish people? And uh, the Gemara says in Masech Sukkah, because Miriam Bas Bilga uttered these shameful words to the Mizbeach, we considered not only her, but her parents as well. So Gemara asks, what did the parents do wrong? The parents didn't say, Lucas, Lucas, wolf, wolf. The kids said, wolf, wolf. And the Gemara said the follow, says the following expression. Says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, Kida'amri Yinshi, Shuta Diyanuka Beshuka, Oida'avuha, Oida'ime. If you hear a kid say something in the street, he heard it from the father, he heard it from the mother. You know, sometimes you hear your kids say, where did you learn that? You learned that in school? What kind of school am I sending it to you? No, they don't learn it in school. They learned it from you. They learned it from you. Kids don't pick up. According to the Gemara, kids pick up what they heard at home. <coughs> That's commandment number three. Commandment number three is, you want to teach your kid, what book should I get? What safer should I learn? Forget the book. Forget the safer. They're learning from you. You're the book. You're the book. You want to make sure the book is the right book. You want to make sure all the Hanhagos written in this book, which is you, are the Hanhagos Taivas. Okay. Number four. The Novi Yirmiya asks, Amma of the Haaretz. Why is Eretz Yisrael destroyed? Chorben Bayes Rishon. What happened to the land? Chorben Bayes Rishon. So Lavush, in short, asks, what do you mean what happened? The Gemara says in Yuma, Avodazara, Giliarayas, Shechaz Damim. What's the Kasha, Amma of the Haaretz? The three big sins, the three cardinal sins. Says Lavush, no, no, no. That's why the base Hamikdash was destroyed. What Yermia wanted to know, Alma of the Haaretz, is, I don't understand. Where are all the Tamidi Chachamim? Where are all the Gedoylem? Why don't we have Torah sages the way we used to? We used to have, we used to have a David HaMelech, a Shlomei HaMelech. We don't have the same caliber anymore. Where are all the Tamidi Chachamim? And you can ask the same question in every generation. Where are all the Tamidi Chachamim? All the Mishnayis contests of all the kids who knew Mishnayis Baal Peh and Sedarim Baal Peh and all the future Goinim, right? You have these, uh, you go to the first grade uh, Chumash party. Oh, future Goinim Yisrael, future Gedal Yisrael. Where are they? What happened to them? Where are all the Gedalim? And what's the answer? Al Ozbuz Tairasi. And the Gemara says that means they didn't make Berchas HaTari. Says Lavosh, let me explain something to you. Even if a person learns a lot of Torah, it doesn't necessarily get passed down. Why? Let's say a, a kid sees a parent. Adam la'amal yulad. Oh, the kid, the father is pulling his hair out. It's such a long day. I have to go learn. But what can I do? Kach gozar boiri. They're going to decree on me. I have to learn. And the parent goes and he schleps himself 
and he goes to learn Imamish with Mesiras Nefesh. And he puts in tremendous Amilos and tremendous Tsar. What does the kid see? The kid sees, my father makes sure to learn, but it's a pain in the neck for him. So I'm Moichel Zayn the Toiva. I'm Moichel the pain in the neck. What do I need the pain in the neck for? But the father said, comes home, oh, I heard such a geshmak advar Torah. I was flying the whole day. Kids say, you're flying the whole day. I also want to be flying the whole day. Says the Lavush, the Iker way that Torah gets passed down is Torah, which is done besimcha, behana. If a kid sees the parent enjoys the mitzvah, gets hana from the mitzvah, gets che, has a cheshek for the mitzvah, has simcha in the mitzvah, the kid says, simcha, I also want simcha. I also want simcha. What does it mean, shaloi berchu betar betchila? Says Lulavosh, why do you make a bracha on Torah? You know why you make a bracha on Torah? You make a bracha on pizza. You make a bracha on steak. You make a bracha on Torah, birchas hanehenen. If you don't make a bracha on Torah because you enjoy it, because it gives you simcha, it gives you hana, then the kid says, you, la- you learn because uh, you force yourself. I don't force myself. I'm not interested in forcing myself. But if for you, it's a hana. If you're making birchas hatar because you realize this is like pizza, this is like a piece of steak, it's geshmak, birchas hanenin. Kid says, hana. I also want hana. Hana, I'm into hana. I like hana. That's commandment number four. Says Lavush, Ama of the Haaretz. Where are the Oiske HaTorah? It's all Toloyan Birchas HaTorah. Birchas HaTorah means if you treat it like a Hana, the more you demonstrate, the more you illustrate, the more you bring out that it's something that gives you satisfaction, it gives you sipok, it gives you meaning, it gives you happiness, the more it gets passed down. Again, by the way, I do not consider myself an expert on this topic, not in the slightest, but I'm just bringing down a few Maramakoymois, that I personally found very meaningful, and uh, hopefully we can learn from. Okay, let's see commandment number five. This was something I saw many years ago, many, uh, at least ten years ago, and I was always wondering, what in the world am I going to do with this? But it, it fit very well into the share. This is a very interesting uh, um, pedagogical uh, piece of uh, knowledge, and it's important as a parent, as a teacher, and uh, it's good to know in life in general. Rav Meir Chadash was one of the close uh, Talmidim of the Altar of Sabaka. And he was very uh, unconventional in his educational outlook. And he was very original in his approach. And he would say like this, you know, people think, what's a good mashkiach? A good mashkiach is a mashkiach who catches the guy in the crime. You know, while the kid, the kid has his Gemara up, and under the Gemara is some piece of, you know, some nonsense. Ah, oh, the mashkiach is the one who could catch the kid. He's the one who could look out. Hmm, who has something sneaky under his chumash? No. The mashkiach is, you know what a good mashkiach is? The one who knows what the kid is doing, and the kid doesn't know the mashkiach, that the mashkiach knows. The worst thing you could do is catch someone in the crime. Never catch someone doing something wrong. By the way, this goes for children, goes for talmidim, goes for husband and wife. Never catch someone doing something wrong. Why? You know, there is such a Yetzirah. It's so geschmack to catch someone doing something wrong. If you know someone's doing something wrong, you sneak up at the door, and you hold that doorknob ever so tightly without it creaking, and you oh, oh, I got ya. Right? Oh, it's like a, a Yetzirah. You catch someone. 
the worst thing you could do is to catch someone doing something wrong. Why? So Meir Chadr said, uh, brilliant. He said, when, if you don't catch the guy, and if the person doesn't know that you know he did something wrong, then the next time he'll think to himself, you know what? Should I do it again? Maybe this time I'll get caught. I won't do it again. He still has something to lose. What does he have to lose? His reputation. He wants to preserve his reputation because he doesn't know that you know that he did something wrong. But if you catch him the first time, why won't he do it again? He has nothing to lose. In, your, in his mind, you already think that he's a nothing. You already think he's not a good, a good buffer. So if you know somebody did something wrong, make believe you don't know. Doesn't mean you don't address it. There are ways of addressing it. Maybe there's something you could say in a certain way where you could give over a message where the person doesn't have to know that you know he did something wrong. But you want to always preserve the person's self-image. Don't allow... In other words, Rav Meir Chadash would say, I know, but he doesn't have to know that I know. It's a chidosh. I think it's a very big chidosh. It's something very counterintuitive. But it takes a God of Israel to recognize that you, the person loses something once you, once you, uh, once you catch him. Rameir Chadish would say, the student you catch in improper behavior is the student you lost. Once you catch someone doing something wrong, he's not your Talmud anymore. He's not going to, he has nothing to gain. He's already lost his self-image. So, lesson number five is, you know your kid is sticking his hand in the cookie jar that you told him not to. So you want to open the door and catch him? Don't catch him. Don't catch him. Next Friday night at the table, you could speak about the importance of honesty. And then you give the kid a chance to repair his own image. But once you catch him, his image has been shattered. Okay. Now, we live in the age of schoolers. Everybody loves a good schooler. Everybody's into schoolers. By the way, Rapam would say, even a school which is found in sources, Rapam would say, even a school which is found in a classic source, not in Chazal, like in a Rishon, he says, better not to do it. We live in an age of, everybody wants shortcuts. But, he's not talking about schools that are found in Chazal. So, if you can't beat them, join them. So, people are into schools, I'll give you real schools, a real schooler. The Gemara says in Masech Tababa Basra, number 26, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Amar, Kal HaRagel La'asois Tzedakah, Zoyche V'Havin Le'Bonim, Ba'alei Chochma, Ba'alei Oisher, Ba'alei Agada. Someone who's Ragel to do Tzedakah, by the way, the Chavetz Chaim says it means Staka and Chesed. Ragel, by the way, does not mean once a year. Doesn't mean once a month. Ragel means frequently. Someone who is in the custom of doing Tzedakah and Chesed, Says the Gemara, we'll have Banim, Balei Chachma, Balei Oisher, Balei Agada. The Ben Yayada explains it's Mida Kneged Mida. You gave life to the Ani by giving him Tzedakah. You will have children who have Chachma. Chachma gives life. Like it says in Kohelas, Ha-Chachma Techaya Ba'oleha. You took away from your money to give Tzedakah. You'll have Banim, Balei Oisher. You are Mechabe the Ani B'Tzedakah, so that he should not be ashamed. You'll have Banim, Balei Kavayd. Says the Chafetz Chaim in the Avas Chesed. Look at number 27. One who is accustomed in this mitzvah constantly. Zoycha Avorzeh, Liyos Loi Banim, Balei Chachma, 
Balei Oishar, Balei Agada. And then the Chavetz Chaim says in a footnote that it's a tema, it's a great wonderment. People looking for all kinds of school ice, for banim, and they spend a lot of money on it. People spend hundreds and thousands of dollars. Says the Chavetz Chaim, forget all the extraneous school ice. Yoyser toiv sheyasu skula hanimseis b'divrei chazal. You want a skula for good children? Everybody goes for brachos and for this and for that. You give the you give eighteen dollars to the stock and you press one and then you press three and then you have three good children, right? Right? Says the Chavetz Chaim, you want a skula? The best skula is do what it says in Chazal. Haragel b'tzak of a chesed. Lazar laaniyam b'amasha yuchlu. And to be from the ma'asim, those who collect, to collect tzedakah, sheyasim mos chasadam kavua, to make an established gemach. Says the Chavetz Chaim, I'll tell you from personal observation. I've seen a lot of people, they get involved in tzedakah, they get involved in chesed, and they were successful. Says the Chavetz Chaim, this is the skula, it's in Chazal, it's in the Gemara, it is the most tried and tested of all the skulas. Haragel but stuck of a chesed. So, commandment number six for Banim Taivim, for success in raising children, try to accustom oneself, Tzedakah of a chesed, is a tremendous skula. Banim, Balei Chachma, Balei Oishar, Balei Agada. Number seven. You ready for this? Another skula. Another skula. Amar of Huna. Haragil bener. Havin le banim tamid chachamim. If you're accustomed to lighting the candle, you'll have children. Rashi explains. Because a ner is symbolic of a mitzvah, and the light of the ner is symbolic of taira. That says Rashi, one who is careful in the Ner Mitzvah of Shabbos, the Ner Mitzvah of Chanukah, the Bizoicha Tabanim Tamichachana. So, what does that mean, Haragel Baner? I mean, everybody lights the Shabbos candles, and everybody lights the Chanukah candles. Who doesn't do it? Well, first of all, it has to be Bismanoi. The Marsha asks, what do you mean? The men don't even light the Shabbos candles. So, the Marsha explains, Haragel means they. They encourage their wives to write at the light time, right? There's a reason why the minog in uh, America is to light 18 minutes before Shkia. First of all, Shkia obviously is Shabbos already, right? But um, if you want to be Yoytzeh, Toysefa Shabbos, even according to Rebbe Lezer Mimitz, what's happening? I have to leave, so I have to give the camera back. Well, well don't, don't. put it back, put it back. Um, Just put it back, please. Please leave quick. Change cameras. I'll, I'll do it. Going still. Just leave it. I'll make it work over here. No, no. Just. So the Gemara says that. The Gemara says that Haragil Baner. So included in that is also to light at the right time. The 18 minutes before. What's the time? The 18 minutes before. Shkia, of course, the Shabbos Medaraisa. You can't. There's no given. There's no leeway after the Shkia. But before the Shkia, it's very important. You need Tosef Shabbos. That's why uh, you want to make sure you daven, in a, you, you daven, you have to daven mincha before shkia. Now when you need to daven mincha before shkia, you need to finish your Shemayin Esrei before shkia. If you don't finish Shemayin Esrei before shkia, you can't have Tosef Shabbos. Because you can't daven mincha on Shabbos. 
So, you daven. And as soon as Shemun Esrei is over, as soon as Shemun Esrei is over, you say, you're Mechabal on yourself, Kedusha Shabbos. So this is what you have, Tosefa Shabbos, Bekabalah. But the, the Indian of the 18 minutes is, Rebbe Lezer Mimitz holds Shkia, begins three quarters of a mil before Shkia. So that's, according to Rebbe Mimitz, the, the women are makbed on this. The, according to Rebbe Lezer Shabbos begins 13 and a half minutes before Shkia. And the 18 minutes is to have Tosefa Shabbos, even according to Rebbe Lezer Mimitz. But in any event... There are a lot of pratim about uh, uh, Ner Shabbos, a lot of pratim about Ner Chanukah. You know, people uh, sometimes, the Ner Chanukah is very, very early. The ideal Zman for Ner Chanukah is Machlekes, um, Rav Moshe, Rav Aaron Cutler. It's very, very early. It could be within the vicinity of uh, 11 minutes after Shkia or 25 minutes after Shkia, whatever the different shitas are. But the Gemara says, Haragil Baner, Hav Yinlei, Banim, Talmidei Chacham. Number eight. Number eight. You ready for this one? Amar Rava. It's a Gemara and Shabbos. I think it's on Chaf Amar Beis. The Gemara says like this. Terachim Rabbanon. If you love Rabbanon, Havilei Bonin Rabbanon. You'll have children who are Rabbanon. Demoike Rabbanon. If you honor Rabbanon, Havilei Chas Nevasa Rabbanon. You'll have son-in-laws who are Tamil Chachamim. Tidachil Merabanan. If you're afraid of Tamil Chachamim, who gufe have a Merabanan? You yourself will become a Tamil Chacham. Three Madregos. The Gra has a different Gersa, we're going to go with this Gersa. Of the Bach. Again, you love Tamil Chachamim, you'll have children of Tamil Chachamim. You honor them, you'll have son-in-laws. You fear them, you yourself will become Tamil Chacham. So this is how the Maral explains it. But Rabbi, so whatever the explanation is, to Gemara. The Gemara says, if you love Tamir Chachamim, you'll have fun in Tamir Chachamim. Why is that? Why is that? Why does the Gemara say, why doesn't the Gemara say, if you love the Sefer Torah, you'll have fun in Tamir Chachamim? After all, every time the Sefer Torah comes out, I stand up, and I hug it, and I kiss it. What have to love the rabbi for? Yeah, the answer is, because the fact that you love the Sefer Torah is not going to do you too much good. Because at the end of the day, after they take out the Sefer Torah, they put it back, and they lock it up, and they put it in a safe, and the Sefer Torah is there, and you go home. So very nice, you come to the shul and you kiss the Sefer Torah. But the rabbi, he's going to call you to come back to the shul. The main barometer is, do you love the Tamil Chacham? The Maral explains like this. Why do you love something? You love something because you feel you're connected to it. You're intertwined with it. You have a deep-rooted connection. That's why you love your children. You love your children because you feel connected to them. They're part of you. You're intertwined with their essence. Says the Maral, someone who loves Rabbanon, that means he feels so connected to them. He feels such a deep-rooted connection to their essence. They love the Torah so much. They will always love the Torah. They'll have a deep-rooted connection through their children at Tamichacham. Someone who honors Tamil Chacham, you'll have son-in-laws as Tamil Chacham. Says Maral, why is that? He says, your son-in-law is like your suit. How's that? The Gemara says, Rabbi Yechon says, Mani Mechabdusa. Your clothing bring you honor. Well, how do your clothing bring you honor? Your clothing bring you honor, well, if somebody doesn't have any clothing, they don't have too much honor, it's quite embarrassing. And if you're just wearing, you know, minimal clothing, it's also, it's embarrassing. And if you're fully clothed, okay, you have some self-respect. And if you're wearing a nice suit, okay, then you're more honorable. 
A son-in-law is not you. He's not like your son. He's like a nice suit that you have. He's, you could show him off. Look, he's my son-in-law. He's like a suit. Look, look, I have a nice suit. I got it in the hat box in Brooklyn, right? I have my son-in-law. I have a nice son-in-law, right? I got him over here. Your son-in-law is like a suit. Something that gives you honor. You honor, tell me the chachamim, when you honor something, it's like something external to you that you appreciate. Hashem will give you son-in-law's Tamil Chacham. If you're afraid of Tamil Chachamim, that means you're afraid. You don't want to get on their bad side. You know, if they give you a bad look, you know what the Gemara says. Why are you afraid of something? You're afraid of something because you say, compared to that, I'm a vato myself. I'm a non-entity. I don't exist. You, you eliminate your, your self-identity. You're mavatel your identity. You say to yourself, you, you completely are self-effaced in front of that thing. It says Maral, if you're mavatel yourself in front of Talmud Chacham, that means you say, compared to Talmud Chacham, I'm a non-entity. My whole identity is non-existent compared to that. Then the Rebbe said, if you're mavatel your identity to Talmud Chacham, then your identity will become a Talmud Chacham. You yourself will become a Talmud Chacham. Okay. But, at the end of the day, the Gemara says, that someone who loves Tamir Chachamim, they'll have children Tamir Chachamim. No more explanation is needed. It's a Gemara. The Gemara says it, you could take it to the bank. Number nine. The ninth commandment of raising children. Rav Pam once gave a big address about uh, the importance of Shalom Bayis. And Rav Pam said like this, he said in the name of Stipler, Good children. What's the secret to good children? 50% one thing, and 50% Shalom Bayes. We'll see what the other thing is. 50% Shalom Bayes. And I remember hearing this many years ago, that Shalom Bayes is 50%, and I recently found it, uh, this idea, by the Ben Saru Moira, the Sefer Bina Le'itim says, that it says... Um, the Ben Saramara does not listen to our voice. The Gemara says they have to have the same voice. For someone to be a Ben Saramara, the father and mother have, to same, have the same voice. The Bini Itim explains that if the father says one thing and the mother says that, it doesn't mean they have to have the same voice quality. It means they have to have the same underlying message that they're giving over to the children. If the father says, I want you to be a millionaire, and the mother says, I want you to be a Rosh Hashiva, or vice versa, and the kid is... Uh, a kid's a Ben Saramara, it's not his fault. He's not getting one message. The father and the mother have to have the same message. If the father and the mother have the same message, and even so the kid is a Ben Saramara, then you kill the kid, because he has no excuse. But I heard many years ago that Rapam said the name of the stipler, that success in raising children is 50% Shalom bias. So this must have been 12 years ago. I wrote a letter to Rav Knievsky. I said, is it true that the stipler said that success in raising children is 50% feel and 50% That was my question. <laughs> and I got the following answer. Loi shamati. I never heard him say that. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure the stipler said it. Rapam said the stipler said it. stipler said it. I just was curious because I never saw in Chazal that this idea should be emphasized it doesn't matter whether it's type or set or not. It's common sense. It's common sense. For the kid to grow up healthy, stable, they need to have a stable home. And Shalom Bayis is certainly a very important ingredient in successful children.
And finally, number 10. Number 10. They asked the Rizkarabu. Actually, one of the Gedalei Rosh Yeshivas came to visit the Briskarov. And this Rosh Yeshiva, unfortunately, came out all of his children were uh, slipped away to the Communist Party. They left the fold. And they came to the Briskarov. And Briskarov has sitting around the table all of his sons. They're all learning with him. The Simcha, the Ava, they're learning Gemara, they're involved in a Sugya. And the Rosh Yeshiva said, No, what do you do? How do you do it? Which one of the first nine things that we said in the shir? Which, which are the good ingredients? He said ingredients in raising children. There are no ingredients. There are no ch- tricks. There are no techniques. There are no methodologies. Nothing. Not the candles. And not the chesed. And not the vishinantam levanecha. Have it on your heart. And not being your kid's best friend. All of these things are very nice. There are no tricks. There's only two things. Demise. Tears. And Sefer Tehillim. Those are the tricks. Tefillah. That's all. In fact, one time, uh, the Briskorov son, Rabbi Fral Salavechik, was once walking, and together with his father, his father's walking for health reasons, and a certain Jew meets them, and he says uh, to Briskorov, Briskorov, I'm jealous of you. You know, after the Holocaust, after the Shoah, came out in every household, there was somebody who was affected, somebody who went off, and you, all your children, Hashem. What do you do? Says the briskarov. What did I do? Do you know how many rivers of tears I spilled for each child that they should be a yare, that they should be an erlechayid? When I stood over their cribs when they were young, I was mispalel. I was boichel of that they should grow up l'tayra uliyor shemaim. And one time the Briskarov said like this, one of my favorite stories. He said, you know, when, when parents put their children to sleep, so how do they put their children to sleep? Lullaby. <laughs> right? They sing lullabies about kids falling off of hills and breaking their head open. Or like people, right? All kinds of ridiculous nursery rhymes. Says the Briskarov, I didn't sing nursery rhymes. When I put my kids to sleep, Shira Malois. I said to Hillam, that's how I, those were the nursery rhymes that I put my, my kids, that's how I put my children to sleep. Says the Briskarov, I never davened one dry-eyed Shemayna Esrei in my entire life. Never did a Shemayna Esrei go by in my entire life that I was not Yorei Demais for my children. I'll tell you an amazing thing. When I was in Eretz I had this chos to meet a big tzaddik, he's not alive anymore, but Mordechai Tzukerman. He was a Talmud of the Chafetz Chaim. And uh, he was once interviewed, and they asked Rabbi Tzukman, you know, Chafetz Chaim lived in a dar day, a dar of tremendous go'inim, tamich, achamim, tzadikim. What was special about the, the Chafetz Chaim that, in a way, he became, you know, the preeminent leader of Klal Yisrael? How did he do it? There were a lot of masmidim, there were a lot of tzadikim. He said a number of things. He said the following. He said it was the tears of his mother. The tears of his mother. One time they presented the Chavetz Chaim with the tear-soaked Tehillim of his mother. The Chavetz Chaim was very moved. He said, this is where I come from. It was the tears of his mother. Says the Shlach Kodesh, look at number 39. That a father and mother need to be accustomed to Davin. 
And Rabbi Isai, it's never too late. You down for your children, you down for your grandchildren. Says the Shla, a person should be in the habit of lehespalel al zaram sheyuloim deitayra betzadikim ubalei midos tayvos. And then the Shla Kader says, here are the key times during the davening that a person should have in mind for banim tayvim. Number one, in berchas hatayra, when you say the words v'niya anachnu v'tzatzaleinu. When, when you daven, that we and our children, when you daven, number two, in Ava Rabba, when we ask Hashem, should give siyata deshmaya to us, to children and grandchildren, all the, grandchildren, all the children and grandchildren of Chal Yisrael. Says the, the Shla, when you say, when you say, when you say, that's a keva. And in fact, the Mishnah Bura does not quote the Shla, but there's no question he's uh, quoting the Shla. In number 41, Mishnah Bura also says these exact words, that a parent, a father and mother, should be accustomed to Nespal for their children. Not only during at these three intervals that the Shla mentioned, but we, like we said from the Briskarov, all day long, all day long, when you're walking to your car, when you're in your car, when you're in the store, when you're dropping them off, all day long. Tamid tia shkura b'fi'ava aim. So I'll end with maybe my favorite all-time story. Somebody once came to the stipler. said, stipler, please come, I want a bracha for Hatzlacha and Chinuch Yoladim. Stipler said, what do you want a bracha for? No brachas, you got a daven. He said, you see my little bicycle over there? You see my little boy over there? I daven for my son Chaim that he should be a Yari Shemaim every single day. How old was his little son Chaim? Chaim was already 52 years old. He was already one of the Gedoyle Hadar. The stipler said, even though Reb Chaim Kinevsky, he was world acclaimed as one of the Gedoyle Hadar, he says, I also still daven for my little boy over there that he should be Loimei Taira, the Yari Shemaim, all of our Tfilois for Doiroi Shisham Vayrachim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.